You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. So we are closing up Ephesians uh, chapter 6, the book of Ephesians here. We are uh, ending this as far as the teaching, but I, I pray that it continues on in our hearts as we move forward. Um, before I move, I just want to acknowledge my wonderful wife, Rachel Leslie Sproul Youngblood there. Without her, you know, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that we do. So I have a wonderful wife. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge my wonderful wife for all that she does behind the scenes and on the scene as well. So Ephesians 6. Chapter 10, or chapter, uh, uh, verse 10. Ephesians 6, 10. You got it? (laughs) That's my sister. I'm messing with my sister. (sighs) Let's go. I'll be reading from uh, Christian standards, so I might read a little differently. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers of this darkness against evil spiritual forces in the heavens for this reason take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand 14, stand therefore with the truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandal with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me, this is Paul speaking, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known the boldness, make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Tychicus, our dearly beloved brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me so that you may be informed. I am sending him to you for this very reason, to let you know how we are and to encourage your hearts. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Book of Ephesians, what a wonderful, wonderful, balanced, uh, even killed book. We see um, this this modern day Turkey place is uh, this Paul wrote this around 62 A.D. And um, it was a huge and important port city. It was uh, pretty much a, a major city. Think of a, a Miami or a New Orleans or uh, one of these cities on the coast. It, it played a significant role uh, in uh, influence uh, during this ancient Near Eastern time. 
Um, Paul is speaking here. Uh, this letter is going out probably first to Ephesus and then leading to many of the churches around. But it, this letter that Paul sent through Tychicus is going out to help the people know who they are in Christ, to understand what reconciliation looks like now that we have the resurrection of Jesus and to bring a divine unity that's only found in him. So we have the beautiful balance of Ephesians 1 through 3, which is heavy or on a theological standpoint where we see uh, Paul breaking down what it looks like for a Christian now to be in Christ. He's bringing this about because in Ephesus during this time, there was major uh, witchcraft and seance and uh, occult and magic. And there was this fascination with power or this fascination with uh, this supernatural. And Jesus has come as this wonderful spirit being in the flesh, representing visible image of the invisible God and giving us a clear understanding of the fact that he supersedes all that's happening in Ephesus. In Ephesus, you had the, the, the temple of Artemis, which was considered one of the seven wonders of this ancient world. And uh, so there was this huge kind of fascination with all of that. And Paul is writing this letter to encourage the saints first on a theological standpoint and next on a doxological standpoint. So when you say many of us know that our doxology is the expression of how we worship the Lord. Our theology is our understanding of who God is. And it's important even today for us to have a clear and a balanced Ephesians book-like life in our, in our world. Uh, to have both the word and the doctrine that is sound and also to have the expression that exemplifies who this God is. So it's one thing we're saying, oh, I'm worshiping this, this God, but I don't know who he is. Then we could be worshiping in our feelings, you know, and not worshiping in spirit and truth, right? So it's a combination. It's a both and. We want to many times pick and choose or either or this gospel or this God or all things in our world that is so polarizing that we can take our cues from the world of saying, I'm either this or that, but Jesus is trying to help us understand that he is both the lion and the lamb, right? They seem to be contrasting viewpoints of who this God is, but it's actually giving a more exhaustive standpoint of who God is. So that's a freedom because we can worship God in our own unique ways and be able to flourish and thrive in those ways. So never, Joe, never feel that you have to be somebody else or to be shaped in another person's way. Like, it's cool to look and say, wow, I like that. But God has fearfully, wonderfully, uniquely shaped you to worship. Ah, hallelujah. So I, I titled this message Power Trip. And this is a, a, <laughs> a very important, man, very important piece of work here that Paul is closing Ephesians out on. 
for the saints because we all endure struggle. If you've been alive long enough, you've endured some sort of pushback or opposition or some sort of opponent that may have duped you or may have confused you or may have hurt you and made you upset. Um, So today we're going to talk about the number one opponent that the church needs to rally against. Power tripping, I know we all have a person or we may have been that person in our life that uh, had somebody at work that got a new position or got promoted and all of a sudden started acting funny and <laughs> you know what I'm talking about like like I you know I used to you know deliver pizza back in the day and you know we I was like and then the guy get promoted to manager and all of a sudden he getting he getting all flexing all in his ways and I'm like yo man we, we used to and I gave you gas money man you ain't you know what I'm talking about man I helped you out so we all know that <laughs> even young people you might have you know, have some friends that, you know, you hang out with and then they get around some cooler, more popular friends and all of a sudden they start acting funny and you're like, whoa, man, we we play Pokemon together, man. Don't act like we don't, you know, like, man, we were with Mario Kart. Like, don't get funny now that we are out in public. Don't get fresh on me is what they say. Don't, don't get fresh. So uh, the issue is... The enemy got on a power trip and thought more highly of himself. But many times we can do that. And Ephesians is important because it is helping us to understand the power that we have in Christ. Not in Eddie Moe. Not in my flesh. Not in my intellect. Not in my experience. Not in my my stature. But in Christ. See, the Bible makes it very clear that we are not to forget where we come from or to forget the journey that God has brought us out of. God don't want us to get funny. Like many times in the Old Testament, he would say, remember who delivered you out of Egypt, right? He's, he's passed this on to your children and your children's children. Bible in the New Testament says, you who once were dead in your trespasses. You who once were, please don't forget. Yeah, I I gave you something now. Don't get funny with me because everything that you are is now found in me. We say God has saved me through grace, through faith. He also sanctifies us the same way. So many times we will say my prayers or my, my prophecy and all of these things that we can begin to get glory out of and to take credit for. And we can walk in some of the devilish attributes instead of walking in the Jesus and the kingdom attributes. So we have to be careful. So Paul is basically closing this book out, helping us to understand that our opponent is not flesh and blood. So it doesn't take our strength, our intelligence, our experiences. That won't work or cut it. So the person who cut you off in traffic is not your enemy. The kids that just won't listen to you is not your enemy. Your your mother-in-law, your spouse, your your ex-wife, your ex-husband is not your enemy. Ignorant people on social media 
is not my enemy. <laughs> Lord, Fox News, CNN, Conspiracy Theory Podcast. Yeah, that's, it's not the enemy. The devil is your enemy. And we have to be armed up and ready. God has equipped us with some weaponry to use. But imagine walking in a, a, a high or walking into a gymnasium and you got on your helmet, you're, you're going to center court, buzzer goes off, you're going to center court, you put on your helmet, put on your shoulder pads, your knee pads, put your cleats on, and they hand you a basketball. You got on the wrong armor. It looked good. It looked good, though. You look good. But you got the wrong armor on. That ain't going to cut it. That's what happens when we make people and things our enemy. It look good. But, but many of us don't. Sometimes we, we don't even look good with, with the fleshly armor that we got. We, our shield of faith is a cardboard box. Our sword of the spirit is a butter knife, right? We got on some, you know, some Air Gordons with no grip, you know, like we just like, it's not good. We can't fight a spiritual battle with fleshly material. See, we have to understand that there is... A battle at hand, and that just won't that, that, that won't cut it. That won't get the job done. Uh, so when we expect peace in our lives, when we expect uh, pro- prophecy and all of these things to work, and miracles and revival to take shape, but we're not geared and ready for what God is trying to prepare us for, then we become Ill- ill-equipped. But first things first, we got to know who our enemy is. As Ephesians six says. That you put on the full armor so you can stand against the schemes of the devil. See, the devil is not an apathy devil. He has a plan to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not this caricature of a red costume with a, two horns. And he comes as an angel of light ready to deceive. See, he was power tripping because he was filled with with beauty and prestige and uh, and stature and all of these place all of these things, but he was not, uh, or or he was, I'm sorry, he was extremely prideful, which led to his fall. And now we know the Bible tells us that his full plan is a opposition to God, right? So we know him as a slanderer, the devil. That simply means slanderer. Satan simply means the one who opposes or the adversary. We see him as a snake, as a dragon, uh, all, of these, uh, all of these images. But he really, the Bible honestly never gives a clear name. And I think that we sometimes as a society has given the enemy a name. But he really does not have a, a name Per se, he has these ways in which he operates in. I can get on that, but I won't. The, the beautiful thing that, G, the side note here, when Jesus, when God gave us his name, Yahweh, covenant came with that. 
So it's very important. I can't, I don't have time to get into it, but, but the fact that God released his name to who do you say that I am or what, what will I tell Pharaoh say that I am that I am. And this Yahweh God is, is so beautiful because it's, it's a release of being in relationship when you give someone your name. So this is just a, a side, a side note, but, but the enemy is not equal to God. He does not rule hell. Um, he's, he's just a deceiver, a tempter. He's an abuser. He's a manipulator, and he hates everything that God hates. He tries to distort and make good bad and bad good. Know your, know your opponent. Know who you're, 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 you're battling because God is equipping us and giving us Everything and so much here. I got us, man. This feels bad skipping stuff, but I want to be respectful here. All right, listen. There are, as God speaks and talks about this armor of God, one thing that the enemy wants to do is totally disarm us. This helmet. This breastplate, the shield, the sword, the belt of truth, and the gospel of peace on our feet is essential core, foundational things that every Christian, every believer needs to properly function in society and to be victorious in everything that comes our way. And one thing that the enemy does is try to make those things seem as if they are not that important in prayer. Number one, this is how the enemy is deceiving us about core foundations of the faith. When it comes to prayer today, many of us will say, or many, we won't necessarily say it, but we can see it by our prayer nights that prayer is not that important. So the enemy says there's no power in prayer. Prayer is just for older people, for the elderly. Let sage handle that. Let our sage seniors handle that. Right? God is not a personal, communicative God. That couldn't be furthest, further from the truth. Right? See, the, my Bible says that the house of God should be a house of prayer. Right? My Bible says that only with prayer and fasting do things get, things get done and moved. Intentional prayer. We look at the life of Jesus and, and, and Jesus modeled that he even went away. And got in a place of solitude to commune with our God. So I think it's great that we all can, can pray while we're driving or pray while we're, you know, doing something else, cooking at the house. But I'm here today to tell you there's, there's something special about just an undivided prayer time. Something that just, like, I like to watch the game and my wife come talking to me about something. I got a choice to make. I don't always make the right choice, ain't gonna lie. But I got a choice to make. I can cut that TV off and really listen and say, I'm right here, baby. I'm right here. Or I can be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And sometimes that's how we can do our prayer life with the Lord. It's like, yeah, I- I'm kind of praying. I'm praying and thinking and all that. But that's not the, the something about the undivided attention to the Lord. Truths. The belt of truth, modern day lies that the enemy tries to impose on us that our social media connections are a way of feeling loved and accepted. It's not true. 
Our political affiliations make us more Christian. Our stances on masks and vaccines make us more Christian. A little bit of church is enough. It'll get me through. These are false identities that we take on. But my Bible says that Christ is supreme above all systems, above all things. My Bible says that we should not neglect the gathering of the saints. My Bible says that they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and thousands were saved and were added to the kingdom. Let us not be the gullible Christians that say, I just need a little bit of Jesus and I'm going to be good. No, it's not true. That's a false identity. That's a going through the motions and Jesus never went through the motions when it came to redeeming his people. And that, that, that brings us up a point of God never really for humanity and for our flesh. God is never enough for us. We see in the Old Testament that we, the, we, we wanted judges and we wanted priests and we wanted prophets and we wanted all of these things. And we wanted a king. Give us king. Give us king Saul. He looked good. Right. And then we even got King Jesus today. And now it's like, uh, I need Jesus plus something cool. Like, church got to be cool now. Got to be trendy now. I need Jesus in. I'm going to hurt somebody here. I need Jesus in a little bit of coffee, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's subtle, and it's, but it's, ooh, really? It's tough, you know? So just, just, Mm-mm-mm. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Righteousness, modern day false holiness. It says my sin is not as bad as your sin or I'm okay. Or the big sins in the church, as long as I'm not, a, as long as I'm not part of that, I'm good. Abortion and homosexuality, I ain't, I ain't part of that, so I'm good. My, my sin of greed, of manipulation, of self-centeredness and pride and my little secret sins behind around that nobody, I'm good, as long as I ain't dealing with them. But my Bible says that my temple dwells the spirit of the living God. Bible says, be holy, for I am holy. When I thought like a child, when I was a child, I thought that way. I acted that way. But when I became a man, when I became mature, I put away childish ways. See, there's a position of righteousness. Yes, Jesus sealed us and has positioned us as righteous, but there's also the practice of righteousness that God calls us to walk in, right? We look at the law and many of us are like, man, that's Old Testament. Y'all, man, ain't got nothing to do with that. Jesus did not come to abolish the law. Jesus came to fulfill it. And in many ways, enhance it. What did Jesus say about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? No. It's like, go the extra mile. What did Jesus say about murder? He said, don't even be angry with dude. You know what I'm like? like what did he say about oaths? Oath. I can't say that word. Oaths. What did he say about it? Right? Don't even make one. Let your yes be yes. And your no be no. He said all his certificates of divorce. No, 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 no. Cut all that out. Right? All it like he, why did he do that? He didn't do that to keep us bound and, and burdened. It's a blessing. And it's a sign of empowerment. 
And since now that we have this resurrected king of glory, we have the spirit of the living God on the inside. Now we can be of the utmost and look even more like this great God that we serve. How wonderful. When it comes to, when it comes to peace, the enemy says, I can find my security and my wealth and my possessions and the things that I accumulate, right, and my accomplishments and, and what I've done. Don't you know my resume? You know my track record, homie? Right? You don't know who I am? <laughs> right? Or we can find our comfort in just this little bit of the Lord. But, oh, as long as I get my, my vacations and as long as I can get on my lakes and things like that. But God has called us to be ready and to have the gospel of peace upon us. So there's never a retirement of Christianity, family of God, for he's called us to be ministers of reconciliation, to be, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, let's combat the lies that the enemy tries to impose upon the church. Bible says that I am a representative of the kingdom. I'm an ambassador. I am a minister of reconciliation and that I don't necessarily, life won't necessarily always be comfortable, but guess what? We serve the Lord of all comfort. What? All comfort? Like you understand everyone's discomfort and you can come along and comfort that? Game changer. Man, I can't afford a vacation, but... I know the God of all comfort, so I can find a vacation with them where I'm at. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Still behind. <laughs> so when it comes to salvation, this helmet of salvation. Right? Just many will say Jesus is not the only way. Oh, there's many ways to God. I can hold on to my own sin and follow, still follow the Lord. I don't have to open my mouth to share Christ. I'm in the buckle of the Bible belt. I was born a Christian. What you talking about? I ain't got to repent. Turn my mama saved. I'm saved. Oh, my mama on the motherboard. That make me. You know, <laughs> real talk. But my Bible, your Bible, Say that Jesus is the only, or God is, Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through the Son. That's the truth. So my Bible says in Jude 3 that we can contend for the faith. Right? So there is a time where we open our mouths and we speak the goodness of Jesus. My Bible says to confess. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we shall be saved. Not based on what Mama Wanda did, or your mama, or grandmama, grandmama, mama. <laughs> the Bible says, repent for the kingdom is at hand. When it comes to the word, the sword of the spirit, old and outdated, it doesn't apply today. It's boring. Has no power. These are lies. And, and sometimes we don't necessarily say it, but our actions can sometimes be like, wow, why haven't I? Maybe, I, you know, maybe I'm relying on my flesh a little bit too much. Like I love, I know that we live in this world and this culture and it's a little like we're, we're post, almost post-literate in a way where, 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 where books and things are not as 
esteemed as much. And But I'm here today to tell you that, man, a picture and an emoji is not going to get the job done. <laughs> I love pictures and emojis. They're cool, but like, like prayer hands is, is one thing on, on a text message. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, we need, man, Lord, you know what I'm saying? That's the power right there, man. So we talked a little bit about this opponent. But more importantly, I want us to know our God, right? It's one thing to know our opponent, but when we know who team we on, when you know, you know, like you got the king of glory, the Lord of angels, army, it's on, on, on your side, rocking with you in the supernatural, like that changes how we walk. That changes how we live, man. When we realize that the power of God, this, this Lord of hosts, is a peace that he is not a God of, of confusion, right? That, that he, he, he supplies a peace for you that surpasses all understanding. So family of God, you don't have to have it all figured out and understand and get it and have all the wisdom in the world, but know that God will give you a peace that, 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 that is beyond the comprehension of what you can even get or understand, the Bible says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a, a sound mind, right? So you have the mind of Christ, people of God, family. Understand that, that, that he is a provider. The Bible says that he is, owns a cattle on a thousand hills. That's simply saying that whatever you need, I got it. When you come in a place of, of need and turmoil, or, or trials that, that he can supply everything, that he is a supplier of good gifts. This is the God that we serve, that he will not give you stones for bread. That a God that gives you the filling of the Holy Spirit. We have a God that is full of wisdom, omniscient. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all you're getting and all you're asking, get wisdom. For it is far more precious than rubies and, and silver and of gold. My God says that he is an ever-present help in time of needs and that he hears the cry of the oppressed. He hears the cry of the marginal. He hears the cry of the fatherless. He hears the cry of the widow. He hears the cry of the orphan. This is the, the God that you serve that, that will help you, that, that hears the cry of the brokenhearted when your heart is just simply broken and not figuring out or understanding what's going on. Stay with me. Look at me. Look at me. Don't, don't look, get lost in this. That God is able to help. God is able to be with you and to shape you and to mold you into his image. God is a God of, of righteousness. He empowers you to do what's right. We spoke a little bit about that earlier, of how he even enhances the law because he had, you have the, 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 the spirit of God on the inside of you. So God is arming us up. So don't let the enemy disarm you. My Bible says that God is holy and that he purifies us as white as snow cleanses all the, the sin and stains of the past and, and makes us brand new and washes us and renews and revives us. So today don't look and say that you are a failure because you're not a failure for you are a victorious woman of God, man of God, for you are a more than a conqueror, for you are an overcomer. This is what the, this God says about his people. The nature of God is being pressed 
upon you. How great is that? Iron and clothes, and you press, and it forms, and it shapes, and it smooths out. God is a protector and a delivery, and a deliverer, and a defender. Know that he fights your battles, that there's battles that you don't have to fight. He's just saying, strap up. Use, your, use what I've given you. This God is a deliverer. He gets you out of trouble that you caused. Can't even blame nobody. Double negative. Can't blame nobody. He gets you out of that. That's the mercy of the Lord. You gave me what I didn't deserve. And what I deserve, you didn't give me. Mm-mm-mm. And this God is all powerful. As Minister Eric shared, this omnipotent God. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So church family, today I'm just here today, I'm just here to share and to let you know that God has given you every tool for success. Now the question is, will we use these tools or will we let the enemy disarm us and take these tools off and say that the helmet of salvation is not important, that the breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, the belt of truth is not necessary? Or will we say, no, I know that that enemy is not apathetic about the trying to destroy me and my city and my people. And while I stand and have that word of God, that sword that not only just clears the way and the path for his people, for, but imagine what you're destroying for the people that's coming behind you. That they, they don't even have to deal with it because you done knocked it out. You done knocked it out, right? So you matter. You're important. So I say stand, armor up, fight. The holy central core of Ephesians is the love of God. It's all about his love. And I don't have time to get deep into it, but this is all about covenant community. God is showcasing his love for you and giving you everything that we need, everything that we need to move, to function, to operate, to be optimal. It's kind of like a parent and child relationship, right? Father, he doesn't speak over our heads. He doesn't, but he comes alongside us and walks with us. See, God can, many questions we ask these, why would God allow this? Why would God allow a, a, a devil rebellion? Well, we can ask that and we can also say, why would God allow a human rebellion? You know, like in the garden, there was a, there was a twin rebellion that took place there. And he said, God could just be done with it. But no, why? Because God wants to partner with his creation and he's not quick to slam us, but he's quick to love us and to care for us. So this book of Ephesians is all about the love of God, of knowing who we are, understanding that we have a gracious father, a great loving king that is for us, 
that leads us. So when battles come your way, know that God is giving you and he trust, he's entrusted us with power to overcome and to be great. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.